1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside my good friend, host of the Bucks Radio Network, also, also host of the Tripod, which I need to ask you about here in just a second. Of course, it's Justin Garcia. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good.
0: How are things over there?
1: Well, you know, I, I mentioned this on yesterday's pod, but the state I live in right now is getting completely uh, locked away from the rest of uh, the country at the moment which is which is a little bit unfortunate we 've had a, a bit of a spike uh, that is just just threatening threatening to get out of control a little bit in the state that I live in so uh, yeah the, re- the rest of Australia hates us right now, so i 'm ba- back to just staying at home, so I feel like i 'm back in March, which is a little bit unfortunate, but uh, I guess it seems to be uh, the case across the world. but I wanted to ask you about the tripod actually I listened to an episode. The other day, when I was doing some things around the house, is this a new podcast? And what is this podcast about? Can you can you just explain some of this to me? I I, it's more than just the sports podcast, right? Uh,
0: yeah, and I'm a little concerned over what you listen to because it hasn't (laughs) been good lately. Because I think the motivation has gotten to all of us. But no, it's something that uh, me and Ashton, who produces for uh, Greg Matzik and uh, Brian D at uh, ESPN, and uh, and one of our coworkers started years ago um, and would kind of just do it whenever we had time around all of our schedules. It was me, it was Scott Warris, who uh, is the voice of the Milwaukee Panthers men's basketball team. So the spring and winter, it was difficult to find time to fit around our schedules. Um, But as luck would have it during a pandemic, there's not really an excuse to not carve out time to do it. So it's kind of been resurrected recently.
1: Okay, so the tripod, you got to check it out. It is, uh, it's is—it's a bit of fun and I would say that it's more professionally produced than what I can deliver with Locked On Bucks. So uh, not to talk down this podcast, I do my absolute best. But, you know, we were talking about a professional over there with Ashton. But some cool news, some cool basketball news. On Friday, I had Jordan Tresky on the podcast. We spoke about Frank Mason winning the G League MVP. If you missed this one, it's fun. Jordan watches a lot of the G League basketball, certainly more than I do. And so he was about able to give some insight into Frank Mason, but Jalen Adams just over the last few hours here has signed with the Portland Trailblazers. Now Jalen Adams, looking up his stats, his G League stats this season, he uh, like Frank Mason had a monster season: twenty-one point five points, five point one rebounds, five point seven assists, one point eight steals, forty percent from three. He's only twenty-four years old. I don't know how much you've seen of him, but the Wisconsin herd churning out just another. Impressive young athletic guy that can shoot the ball and has prospered down with the herd.
0: Yeah, uh one of St. Bonaventure's brightest. And um I think we've all followed the herd more and more uh uh each year since you know they've yeah. been in existence and especially this year with the way that they had played. Uh, where, you know, their first year of existence, it was, hey, hey, the Bucks have a G League affiliate, so I'll pay attention. And then, you know, kind of some lean years, but this year, they heard the best record in the league. And as you mentioned, some of the guys that we saw, and even looking at this Bucks roster and looking at some of the two-way deals, we had talked about the depth and these guys that they have in the system um, and, and what they had done to build up the organizational depth. And for me, um, and I'm sure you're in the same boat, it's difficult to really, really follow the herd just because of it going on simultaneously as the Bucks season and most of your attention going there. Um, my biggest fear was always we would do uh, halftime interviews most of the time during home games. So the Bucs uh, media staff would usually set me up with somebody, whether it was an executive with the team or on nights when a legend was in town like Sidney Moncrief and players like that we would do the interviews with them during halftime. To me, the most nerve-wracking ones were when they wanted to set me up with anybody from the herd because I knew, all right, I've casually followed them, but now I really have to cram tonight and make sure I know, well, the herd have won two games in a row. They're doing this and this and this. And I think progressively you could kind of uh, tell too, and it's just the mark of any of us, you could tell uh, the first few times that I would speak with someone, the level of questions that you ask, how they're just very basic. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys have won two in a row. It's got to feel good. Uh, But I think all of us are kind of in that boat now where by by the, by the time things were shut down, I was pretty comfortable talking about them and at least had enough of a passing knowledge and um, had seen a few games on things like ESPN plus and followed them enough that I could keep up with it. And, you know, from the sounds of it and from hearing from other Bucs fans, a lot of people are in that same boat too, where you certainly weren't herd season ticket holders or weren't following along every game, but you at least knew the basics that were going on with that team. Well, the cool thing
1: about the herd being an affiliate with the Bucks is that you do see the crossover and you see guys move up and down. One of the challenges for me, I don't know if you're in the same boat, you mentioned ESPN Plus, but there was also a stage where games were on Facebook Live, I believe, and then also uh, yeah, and, and some games on Twitch. And it's it's kind of difficult to track down where the hell you can actually watch these games. That's been the challenge for me because certainly for, for most Bucs fans, I know there was a lot of interest when Thanassus went down and played a couple of games this season. And uh, the cool thing is, again, I mentioned this on Friday, but it's not something I'm really used to. With the Bucks, it's like, well, if you're a good player, you're playing in the NBA and you're probably playing heavy rotation minutes. Uh, the Bucks organization, whether that be with the herd uh, or the, or the obviously the Milwaukee Bucks, and whether or not they're on this two-way and they can come up or come down, Jalen Adams obviously couldn't, but uh, <laughs> he's a guy that was very entertaining to watch play. So that's a, that's cool for him. Hopefully, he can take that opportunity. But uh, there might be a few other guys in this boat. The Brooklyn Nets at the moment looking like uh, I don't know, are they going to have a team to send down? Uh, to Disneyland uh, at Disney World. At this point, DeAndre Jordan has tested positive. So has Spencer Dinwiddie to the virus. DeAndre Jordan has already said that he's not going to play. Dinwiddie actually uh, revealed, as was reported by Woj and all the the usual guys, uh, said that he actually had some symptoms with um, some chest tightness and a bit of a fever as well. So he doesn't know how he's going to recover and if he's going to be okay to go down to Disney World. We already know Wilson Chandler. Uh, pulled out as well from the Nets, Kyrie, Kevin Durant. We know they're not going down. So Brooklyn uh, are an interesting case because this, while they're not a team that we expect to challenge for an NBA championship, uh, they are currently an NBA playoff team and potentially a first-round matchup for the Bucs. So whether or not the Nets will now slip to the eighth seed and potentially be in danger of playing that that play-in tournament against the Wizards. If the Wizards can win some games, I have no idea. I don't expect the Wizards to be a, a team down there winning a bunch of games. But it, it certainly puts their their playoff position in a little bit of jeopardy. They, have a, they currently have a six-game lead over the Wizards as it stands. Uh, but it, it's it's going to be interesting to see, again, with some of these uh, lower-ranked teams. And also, just just guys that, that contract the virus, how are they feeling? We know different people react differently to this. I believe teams are supposed to finalize their roster by Wednesday, but I don't know how you can really do that because as the teams are back in market and they're back together, uh, we're going to see a little bit more of this with most teams still at least a week away from heading down to Florida. I now want to let the listeners know about a couple of our great sponsors, but before we do a note from the network and myself, the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit lockedonpodcast.com slash Matter. And now, Justin, I'm going to tell you about the most useful app on my phone because it's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There's an incredible app that solves this problem and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, and your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now. It has that massive and growing library that I'm speaking about from self-help to business to health and history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from best bestsellers lists as well as the classic nonfiction titles you have always meant to read but have never had time for you. You guys know that we have a deal for you right now For a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA, try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com
0: slash NBA. It, the real test is still going to be um, what's the flexibility. And I know they've they've briefly touched on this and said they, they are developing and have the plans for, we've already seen, like expanded rosters and uh, being able to add more guys to it and the two-way contracts and having that flexibility. But um, I think at this point you're very, very optimistic if you think there's not at least a chance that there will be a team in this tournament that has more than two, three, or even four players that test positive while play is going on. And, and, you know, what's the next course of action for that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, one of the interesting things to take note of, and I've probably thought about this a little bit more since uh, I had the podcast with Nate Duncan last week, and, and he just by virtue of who he's been speaking to and had on his uh, daily, COVID, daily COVID news. Uh, he's, he's a little bit more in the loop than I am. And he, he sort of spoke about the fact that while the bubble might not be absolutely perfect, it is probably going to be a safer position than just having the guys out in the general public. And that makes a lot of sense the more I think about it, because uh, these guys, these players have been all over the country doing all sorts of different things, being exposed to, to different people, whether, I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong by that, but just in, in general day-to-day life, now they've come together in market, but they're still out in the public. They're associating with obviously family, uh, friends probably, uh, they're still running daily errands, simply doing things that aren't going to occur down in the bubble. And while the bubble might not be perfect, it is going to be a, probably an easier situation to contain anyone that tests positive, might be easier to isolate them and also, just purely ensure that uh, they aren't in contact with, with people that they shouldn't be. Now, this is this is where it all comes back down to the how much control do you want to have over the players and other players comfortable with doing that. But I, I just wonder now, looking at it and looking at the results that we're seeing, and as, as far as the 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 three hundred and two, I think was the number test that they did uh, around five percent was positive. That's a pretty high number uh, for this group. But now you have to uh, remember. That the guys that test positive now are just going to be at home and still in their in their market. I wonder whether the, the the NBA should have just said, "Listen, if we're doing this, we're all congregating down in Florida. We're going to be testing. You're going to spend a few days uh, in the hotel room. It's not going to be great. It's going to be frustrating for you probably. But we need to find out who has the virus, isolate them, and then get uh, down to the training camps. And maybe that was was the best way to ensure that there there isn't more spread. But but I don't know. I mean, what's the what's the perfect method here? <laughs>
0: Well, and I wouldn't say I've been pessimistic, but I, when you're talking about the restart, I think those are the things, and you and I have spoke about it, that if you're going to have concern, it's that Florida's not great right now and that we're concentrating everything down in Florida that, uh, as you talked about with Nate Duncan, um, it's not technically a bubble. It's and Adam Silver's been the first to point out this isn't a bubble. It's a campus, and the flaws that are within that, but still – uh, all of that being said, they do have some advantages, like what Nate said, uh, that you're not technically out in the general public, that you do have some exposure to people that are out there, but the players aren't going to be out in that mix. And if there's one thing that they have in their favor, more so than you think about Major League Baseball, figuring out how to, how to start up here, um, the NFL and college sports whether or not they get off the ground uh, this late summer or fall the thing that basketball has in favor right now is they're not traveling so uh like baseball i i just that's to me where there seems like there are potential landmines that you're going through when you factor in and travel albeit limited and within the same um time zones and you're staying within the midwest or on the east coast or whatever it is but it's still travel whereas with this setup yeah you're not technically in a sealed bubble but you're basically shut off from the rest of civilization you can meander out a little bit and have some of those freedoms but the only exposure you're really getting is from what we understand to those that are coming in to clean your hotel room and the bus driver and the wait staff so um while there are some holes to pick through with this it does feel like this is the best plan we've seen of any pro sport so far
1: yeah no question and i, I think that uh, again you can't fault the nba for the time and effort that they've put into this i think it just highlights now when we look at the the timeline and i, I commented to you before we started recording that i was like you know shit it feels like we've been a month away from basketball returning for about six weeks but the timeline's really short. And for these guys to be reporting now to their market and if they test positive, uh, you know, yeah, sure, you, you sit there and say, okay, 14 days. But 14 days doesn't guarantee that the guy's going to be ready to return to playing basketball or, or doing active things depending on how they recover. So for a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah, I mean, if you're saying that he's going to be playing an NBA game in four weeks, if he's experiencing some symptoms right now, then, then that seems unlikely. And all of a sudden, you, you when you really take a step back, and think about the timeline we're dealing with, there is not a lot of time at all to be only just now discovering who actually has this and then trying to prevent the spread amongst your own group. It's it's extremely difficult.
0: Well, I think the big concern or biggest concern with it too is, you know, one of the things you see and granted, it's just it's what makes the virus so um Strange and unpredictable is how it seems to impact others and almost no impact on on others where some it can knock you out and and, unfortunately ultimately take you out. And with others, there's zero impact. But the whole respiratory factor of it, too, that as you touched on, if you're shut down then for two weeks and if this is one of if you're one of the individuals that this really impacts, uh, you're not doing anything for two weeks so not only are you away from your team but that's two weeks probably two weeks plus lost in terms of conditioning and everything else so it's going to basically be like getting a player back from injury and having to slowly work him back into game shape justin you've been
1: on this podcast long enough to hear me talk about built bar and i don't know whether you've got stuck into them yet but if you haven't it's a mistake because it is the best tasting protein bar on the market they have 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate without nut flavors. and That's because they're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are great. For the health conscious guy, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're perfect for the pre-workout snack. They're perfect for the post-workout snack. I've been doing a lot of that in quarantine. What the hell else have I got to do? You guys know we've got a great deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And then slide your way over to bobblesgalore.com because we know our friends, they're the leading bobblehead retailer in the country. They have a vast inventory of bobbleheads from all major sports leagues, including our teams, the Packers, the Brewers, and the Bucks. They're officially licensed by the NBA, MLB, and NFL. And they still have the limited quantity, limited edition, only 1,500 of these were made, the triple MVP Wisconsin puzzle bobblehead that showcases Giannis, Aaron Rodgers, and Christian Yalich. For Bucks fans, they have another one. The Greek flag Giannis Bobblehead. It's limited. Make sure you check that one out. Bubbles Galore can make custom bubbleheads for any occasion or event. Just go to bubblesgalore.com. Use the promo code locked on to receive free shipping. That's bubblesgalore.com. Promo code locked on and you'll get free shipping. All right. What about the schedule, Justin? I know I haven't really spoke to you about this. This dropped uh, over the weekend. I was chatting with Frank a little bit on yesterday's podcast. Uh, when you looked at that, whether it be the Bucks or whether it be elsewhere, what what were your takeaways from this?
0: Uh, I mean, my takeaways for the Bucks are very limited, just because. And I think you were. I think I'd seen you tweeting basically something similar. I mean, the Bucks need to go zero and eight, and and uh, the rest of the East just basically go unbeaten for anything to happen for their seeding. So this is basically just eight games of preseason where let's get back into the mix here. Let's get back into shape maybe and get tuned up for the playoffs. And the Bucks are fortunate in the regard that they basically have, uh, not to take anything away from their first-round opponent, but they basically have 12 to worst-case scenario 13 games of that of basically a preseason because if it's the magic or if it's the nets as you just went through all the issues with Brooklyn um you know now given coming back from this and knocking off the rust fine you could talk me into maybe that team takes one game and just because of the uncertainty over this whole situation sure maybe the Bucks drop one game in the first round uh, but this really gives them uh, what, 12, 13 games then of knocking the rust off, treating it as preseason and really getting ready for what's going to be very, very tough three-round stretch we all hope for because, um, you know, around the time that it shut down, I think you and I were talking about this, things were kind of starting to break ideally for the Bucks in terms of the Eastern Conference seating where you looked at some yeah. things and saw – uh, season ends today, you would have the Celtics and Sixers in a first round matchup. And, you know, those are two teams that we had, I think all of us pointed to and said, if not the two toughest teams, two of the three toughest teams left to get through. One of them's going to be gone in the first round. Who knows? Maybe the Pacers could pull off the upset and beat the Heat. And now, you know, again, just because of how bizarre this is with everybody being shut down, for basically five months, and then getting back in the mix, and then who knows who's involved from there on out. Uh, those things, like the three, six, and four, five matchups in uh, any in each of the conferences, are going to be really interesting to see, if not upsets, if they're pushed to seven games or so. So uh, it's started to break well for the Bucks uh, In terms of their schedule, it's just, you know, avoid injuries, get guys into shape. Uh, it's what the Heat. I think I saw have the toughest schedule. I mean, the Bucks have some tough opponents on there, but again, it doesn't really matter because <laughs> barring them losing every single one of those games and the Raptors running the table, you're not in danger of losing that top seed.
1: Yeah, given the uncertainty, if the Bucks needed to win games and you had the Celtics, Rockets, and Heat, uh, three of your first four, you might have uh, some concern. But it's interesting to look at that game against Brooklyn, where spoke about how decimated they're going to be. Uh, that's on August 4. That's Game 3. So they had the Celtics, then the Rockets, then they'll take on the Nets. The Nets are really interesting because we don't know who's going to be playing for them. You could probably suit me up for the Brooklyn Nets, though, and the game's going to be a challenge for the Bucs because it's a 12.30 Central tip, and we know, we know that the Bucs are not going to handle the day game well. But let me ask you this. You mentioned about the, the standings, and I, I think it's really interesting to look at. I mentioned the Raptors and the Celtics yesterday. Uh, the Raptors, I mean, they would take an absolutely. It would take it just a miracle for them to to catch the Bucks. It's not going to happen. They're three games ahead of the Celtics as well. So I tend to believe that it's going to stay the same one, two, three: Bucks, Raptors, Celtics. If I had to guess, even though that's with notwithstanding the fact that the Raptors have a difficult schedule and the Celtics. Supposedly, an easier schedule. But my bet would be Bucks, Raptors, Celtics stay the same. Then I think the battle for four, five, six is where it gets really interesting. There's only two games separating these teams. You mentioned the record. uh, Sorry, the schedule for Miami. So, uh, my question to you would be: If I had to absolutely guess based on pure talent and who I think teams are better, which team I think is is actually better, then I have Pacers ranked sixth. But yeah. we don't really know how this is going to play out. So that would result in the Celtics playing one of heat paces and 76ers. I think from a Bucks point of view, it's easy to sit here and say, I would prefer if the Celtics played either Miami or Philadelphia in the first round and one of those real talented teams that potentially compose a challenge to the Bucs are gone. I think that that's fine. Which team out of those two? And you can, you, can really, you can throw a spanner in the works and tell me you want the paces gone, but I, I'm not going to believe you. So out of the Heat or Seventy Sixers, who do you want the Celtics to meet in the first round if that three-six matchup eventuates? Uh, it's tough. It's a tough question.
0: Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I guess. I guess I would be inclined to say the Sixers just because of uh, their talent. That, that you know we talked about before too. Of I think the other great unknown about this is. Sixers are twenty nine and two at home, the best home record in the league, and abysmal ten and twenty four on the road. Which I yeah. think is well, no, the Heat are in there too, but I think the Heat and Sixers are the only two playoff teams with losing road records. But ten and twenty four versus fourteen and nineteen is dramatically different. So um, I guess a lot of that also hinges on do you think this Orlando scenario eliminates home court advantage or takes away struggles on the road and basically says everything is neutral. So there's no road game. So I guess, however you answer that determines how you feel about that. I would still say the 76ers because of their talent that get one of those two teams gone in the first round. uh, and, And, you know, ideally then if you're the bucks, the Pacers can take care of the heat. And you're talking about, Uh, Taking on Indiana. Again, nothing taken away from that Indiana team, but it's been the last two years that we've all viewed them as it's a nice story, but if I have to pick a team, that's the team I want to face.
1: Yeah, no question. I actually look at it from a a slightly different point of view as well. Uh, The Sixers clearly, uh, as you sort of pointed to, purely from the getting Ben Simmons healthy perspective and the Joel Embiid uh, defensively, I I think the Sixers are, are kind of scary, particularly in this uncertain unknown unprecedented situation but i actually am kind of scared of eric spolstra <laughs> and so maybe i want miami gone because it's interesting because yeah i think the personnel that miami have is is dangerous in terms of the shooting duncan Robinson, we know is lights out uh and they have a bunch of guys that can hurt you on the perimeter bam at a bio, clearly uh, versatile defensively as versatile as almost any big man in the league we know that he's going to throw be thrown at Giannis, but Spolster just tries different things. And I think in a weird situation, in a weird seven-game series, coaches that are just willing to try literally anything, whether they're going to throw a zone at you every second possession, whether they're willing to go full court trap for a, a whole quarter, whatever it may be, uh, Eric Spolster and also Nick Nurse from the Raptors are two of the coaches that stand out to mind that are, uh, are such wild cards in a playoff series. And if I didn't have to play Miami in the second round, even though I would pretty confident – that the Bucs could win the series uh, simply by virtue of, of no team that the Bucs are going to face in the second round, being able to stop Giannis over
0: the course of seven games. Spolster and Nick Nurse the uh, kind of scary prospects. It's, uh, I mean, how strange it's gotten that now, if you look at the two conferences, if you compare the East to the West, you can make a very strong case that three through six, you would almost rather play the teams in the West than you would the East. Now, the top of the conference, you're going to take both L.A. teams over the Bucks and the Raptors. Almost everybody surveyed well in the bottom uh, teams in the postseason and around that range are obviously better in the Western Conference as well. But the, the part that's most important, or at least immediately important to the Bucks, in who's going to be the second-round opponent um, and any jostling you see there, those teams in the Eastern Conference seem like they've been better this season than they have in the West.
1: Yeah, no question. It's just that we haven't really touched on the West at all for obvious reasons. We're a long, long, long way away from the Bucks having to worry about that. But it's interesting to look at the standings, particularly at the bottom of the playoff standings there, because uh, the Lakers have a five and a half game lead over the Clippers. So similar to the Bucs, they're in a pretty comfortable position there. It would take something drastic for the Clippers to catch them and get the number one seed. But the number two seed is scary in the West. It's really scary because right now, as it currently stands. Uh, you're faced with Luka Doncic, Kristaps uh, Porzingis, and the Dallas Mavericks, but the only team that could really overtake them uh, or swap places with them is is probably Houston or Oklahoma City Thunder, and I don't know. I don't really want to see them in the first round either. They're pretty damn dangerous. You don't know. I mean, Houston's a complete wild card, and OKC, okay, we know how well they were playing, whether or not they can recapture uh, that chemistry that they had. I'm not so sure, but the West first round's going to be really interesting, but let me ask you this question about the Bucs because I've been thinking a lot about this and, and we know we both have, you know whether it's on Twitter or wherever it may be, people ask us our opinions on the Bucs or how we're feeling about it. Is your anxiety in regards to what the playoffs might bring heightened in this situation or are you pretty level-headed? You're, you're feeling the same going into this? You're confident that the Bucs, what they did earlier in the season, is going to carry through? I think
0: if you would have asked me five months ago, my anxiety was heightened just because this, and, and what was shaping up this season too with the point differential and the net rating and at one point being on pace for 70 wins and it looked like Giannis was another MVP and possibly a defensive player of the year and all these accolades and saying, okay, this is two straight years now. You got to get over the hump. You got to get to the finals and it was, again, going to be finals or bust. Not to say that mentality is gone, but the five-month layoff and just the bizarre um, scenario of everybody playing on one site and we're – I wouldn't say we're going to see massive upsets. We're going to see some strange things happen in the playoffs, not to say that means the Bucks lose in the second round. Uh, but who knows? These series could be tighter. You know, you – Whereas you could factor in the home court advantage and how well the Bucks played there, and I think we all assumed any of those teams you named, whether it was the Heat or the Sixers, whoever the Bucs drew in the second round, because they had home court advantage, yeah, you feel pretty confident they're going to win and it wouldn't extend to seven games because of that. Now you just don't know, and I think you kind of have to accept that. And with that, it it at least for me, it's kind of lessened the anxiety for the postseason of just well at least it's back and so let's get the most out of it we can interesting i wonder
1: i'm not saying that you were saying this but it it, it certainly is almost a built-in excuse isn't it <laughs> if, if yeah. the team doesn't do well it's like yeah well i mean I've, what, what does that mean and this is what this has always been my thing when i talk about asterisk on the season and what that actually means i say yeah well there's only an asterisk if you lose because if you That's lose well. and you're the Bucks, you say well i mean you know we were the best team like what are we supposed to do we go down here now it's a completely different situation we lost home court as far as players go for mine, I think the, the anxiety that I have about player, individual player performance, it's not Giannis. I have no concerns. He is, he is who he is. We know. We expect it. We see it every season. He comes back in great shape. It's clearly been a strange environment in the, in the world the last few months, but I, I'm sure that he's going to be uh, in good shape. The guys that I'm worried about are the shooters, Chris Middleton, 50-40-90, George Hill, 48% from three. Uh, that's a rhythm thing, and they just haven't had the opportunity to get into that rhythm. As you sort of pointed to, maybe the eight games or the, you know, maybe if, you know, hopefully they breeze through the first round. We certainly uh, believe they will. If they haven't, something's gone seriously wrong. But yeah, maybe a 12-13 game run in, maybe that's enough time for them to to shake off the rust. I certainly hope so. And what about Ruben Lopez? Is he going to be a 34% three-point shooter when he returns? He was on fire just before the season ended. So I think the shooting is what I'm most concerned about because I think right across the league, uh, there's going to be a variation in in guys. the guys shooting percentages will probably drop down a little bit, and then it's like, well, how else do you win games if it's if the shooting percentages are down, and the the variation is there from game to game, the consistency potentially not there that it would be in the postseason. How does that impact games? And as you said, uh, maybe good teams are more prone to upset losses.
0: It's the interesting part is going to be whereas in the past, you know, we've experienced it with. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon coming back from injury in the postseason and getting guys back, every single team is going through this. So it's a rhythm thing, and, you know, those are big names in, in the seasons that George Hill had and that Chris Middleton was having up until those last three games of the season. Uh, but every single player in the league now has lost their rhythm and is going to have to work back into it. So it, it could also be that these eight games aren't the prettiest for any of these teams.
1: So the uncertainty extends from the court to everyone working in the industry. Do do we know is Ted Davis going to be calling these games? Is there any word here? I don't know whether you can reveal that. If it's top secret info, you are more than welcome to say uh, no comment. I'm not answering.
0: Uh, Ted Davis is calling them. I think I believe we're all back. I was just exchanging some texts uh, this morning with uh, somebody with the box, but as of what I've heard. Uh, The plan is the broadcasts are actually going to be happening from inside the arena. So it won't be at the radio. It's basically going to be treated like a home game. And we'll just get a feed of what's going on in Orlando on those monitors. So hopefully that means we're still getting stat sheets. And who knows what that means if there's free meals too. Wait, 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 wait. You're going to be a first of the forum? Is that what you mean? Uh, yeah, I, I still, I still need to 100% verify yeah, from me, yeah, yeah. but, uh, Ted, yes, is the broadcast emanating from Pfizer forum. Interesting.
1: They need to like, uh, I don't know how they can do this, but they need to, uh, from where T- Ted's broadcast, uh, position is, they need to have a huge projector screen and basically make the court, uh, the, the, the court. I, I don't know how you can do that. That's going to be, that's going to be really interesting, but that's cool. I will say that it's absolutely part of my routine. Uh, normally in the morning, normally in the morning after the game, I might be sipping on a coffee and I'll listen to the highlight clips that you guys put up. You're obviously hosting and listen to Ted's, some of his best calls from the game. So I, I'm personally, I'm a little bit selfish, but I'm personally thrilled uh, that you guys are still going to be involved because I think that was a concern for a lot of Bucks fans with Jim and the Fox Sports Wisconsin team and you guys. Uh, people get so used to hearing uh, your voice during these games.
0: Well, it's and it sounds like this may, might be an NBA thing where it's uh, all going to be done from within the arenas because I know I saw the Kings and a few other teams had tweeted out basically the same thing. Their broadcast crews would be doing it from inside the arena. So it must just be feasibility. It's, it's easier yeah. to get the to the 30 NBA arenas and just here's everything you need and pretend that it's happening in front of you.
1: Well, I'm glad. I was worried before I asked that question and maybe I shouldn't ask that and that's a little private information but I feel like that's a little scoop. I feel like we've got a little scoop here. So I'm glad I asked you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Uh, this is, uh, we got you back on. It's normally weeks in between. I've, I've been sending you very late texts screaming for help and uh, as usual, uh, you, you step up to the plate but I'm glad uh, that we got you on here. I would imagine as we get closer to the games, you're going to be a more regular Uh, co-host with me on this podcast i would suggest because we've got more and more basketball to talk about as the days go on. i can't wait so if you're interested in the broader perspective we obviously focus on the bucks here and locked on bucks but locked on nba podcast is up daily as well they're going right through the fixture uh, i shouldn't say the fixture i'm talking too much australian football they're going right through the schedule as it pertains to all the different teams what it means Keeping you up to date with all the news right across the league. So go check out Locked on NBA. Uh, Frank's going to be back. I, I keep on saying it. Eventually, we're going to get to the mailbag. I'm just giving you guys the opportunity to uh, to get the, get the great questions in. We've got a bunch already, certainly enough for two, maybe three podcasts. So that's going to be this week. I promise you that. It's going to happen. I can confirm that. But until tomorrow, for Justin and myself, we'll to you guys then.